Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. At Marshall's, our buyers hustle every day for the brands you love. Hello? They can calculate the quality-to-cost ratio simply by touch. Ooh, silk. They can hear the difference between an Italian suede handbag and an Italian leather one. But most importantly, they know a good deal when they hear one. That sounds like a good deal. We'll take them all. Visit Marshall's and take home more for your money. More brands, quality, trends. More of the good stuff. We get the deals. You get the good stuff. Marshall's. All right, welcome in once again to the Gamecock Central Radio Podcast. Emerson Phillips with Wes Mitchell. Wes, we're getting closer to the start of Gamecock football here. In fact, the season will start three weeks from Saturday. The Gamecocks have NC State at Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte in what will be a very good test for Gamecock football. South Carolina about a five-point underdog heading into that game right now. And we're going to talk about uh, the offense a little bit today, Wes. I wanted to ask you about uh, differences, changes that the offense will make this year. We know that a lot of the personnel is back Colin Taylor and I talked extensively yesterday about the offensive line, but I wanted to ask you more about the look and feel of this offense as a whole, play calling under Kurt Roper, and the way the offense may be a little bit different this year, Wes. Uh, you know, I understand the Gamecocks are going to run more formations this year, more shifts, and maybe some you know, pre-snap motion, a little bit different look this year, and maybe a little bit more diversity, Wes, on offense. Yeah, you know, I think um, certainly any time you have a quarterback coming – you know, coming back that's played a little bit, it gives you a little more leeway to do some of that stuff. Uh, but I, I think uh, specifically with South Carolina, uh, you know, you look a year ago and everything was new. E- everything from how practice is run to how meetings are run to, um, you know, logistically where you're supposed to be at given times of the day. And, uh, you know, then you get down to the actual schemes and the terminology and all that, and all that was new too. Uh, you know, I, I sort of, always mention the fact that when a team has a new offensive coordinator or a new defensive coordinator, um, it, it's sort of a story going into that team's, you know, year, going into that team's practice. And with South Carolina, you had all those things, the new OC, a new DC, new special teams, new head coach. Uh, everything was different for South Carolina last year. So there's a certain comfort level that just simply is not there. Um, you know, I, I think when you look at, what South Carolina has coming back on offense, um, you know, a Jake Bentley, you have uh, your running backs are all back, basically. Um, you know, Tyson Williams didn't play last year, but he was already on the team, so he was able to learn as well. Um, you have your duo at, at receiver with Debo Samuel and Brian Edwards. You have Hayden Hurst and all those tight ends back. Um, and, and you have a good portion of your offensive linebacks. All these guys have played in this scheme for a year. Um, that is something that you just frankly, uh, you, you can't buy that. You know, you can't, you can't rush it either. It, it only is gained by experience. So I think once you have a base, a comfort level with the base offensive scheme and the base terminology, then that allows you to do a little bit more, um, offensively or defensively. So I, I think that's something that'll be a major positive for, 
for Kurt Roper and, and for Javaris Robinson on the defensive side. Wes, we've talked a lot about uh, Jake Bentley here on Gamecock Central Radio this preseason. We have not talked a lot about the backup quarterback position, so let's do that for a moment. And let's talk about the uh, premium that will be placed on keeping Jake Bentley healthy this year. Obviously, with the questions about the players behind him and the lack of experience behind him, there's going to be a premium on keeping Jake Bentley clean and lowering the sack total from a year ago. So, you know, we've talked about the offensive line and the need for the offensive line to improve. And one area that they need to improve in is pass protection, certainly. But there's ways to keep your quarterback clean without uh, getting improved offensive line play, Wes. And one of those is to get the ball out quicker on, on design passing plays, you know, to have shorter drops and plays that are designed for the quarterback to get the ball out sooner. So how much of that are we going to see from Jake Bentley? How much of a part of the offense will that be this year? Yeah, I think it has to be a big part of the offense. Now, they're, you know, they're going to take their, their deep shots. One thing about Jake Bentley is he, he does have a quick release. He does make quick decisions. That's something he's worked on this offseason. Um, you know, Kurt Roper says something very interesting. At least was interesting to me. Uh, you don't really normally think about it like this, but Every single protection um, inherently has some weakness to it. Uh, so that there's always, you know, if the defense guesses right or has the right call on, there, there's always something the defense can do to sort of put you in a bad place on offense. But if you have the correct sort of checks and balances in place and you have the right uh, protections in place and the, the ability to know where the weakness of that protection is, then, you know, you can get the ball out, um, you know, with hot routes. You can sort of change on the fly. If you know, you know, it's one thing for the defense to have a, a free defender, you know, rushing towards the quarterback, a free rusher, basically. Um, that's not ideal, but if the quarterback knows where that free rusher is coming from, then he can do other things to sort of uh, negate that. So I, I think that was something last year that, I mean, let, let's be honest, offensive line play was not good last year. Too many times, especially I, I thought in the run game, where South Carolina didn't get a push in short yardage situations. Um, there are too many times where plays just got absolutely blown up. That has to be fixed. But there were other times where, if you just watch, maybe the offensive line gets blamed and it was more of a a call or a protection or a scheme or something like that. That, that was the bigger issue. So I, I think for South Carolina, having a, a more a quarterback with a greater knowledge of the protections and stuff like that, the ability to change a play at the line of scrimmage, the ability to check out of something, um, all of those things are very, very important as far as not getting your quarterback hit. You know, you asked about backup quarterback. Um, you know, it seems pretty clear that it's going to be Michael Skarnecki. That's really the only name anybody should be mentioning. It doesn't seem like it's a really a battle for number two. Uh, Skarnecki is the guy. But obviously, if South Carolina were to lose Jake Bentley for any foreseeable amount of time, you know, that that just changes the entire dynamic of, of what they're capable of offensively. So, you know, there, there's no doubt about that. I, I think the, you know, probably one of the top keys to this entire season is to keep Jake Bentley healthy. Not a lot of depth at quarterback right now for the Gamecocks. That's no secret coming into this new season. Wes, a couple of positions where the Gamecocks do appear to have good depth is wide receiver and tight end. And I wanted to get you to talk about, uh, before we talk about tight ends, I wanted to get you to talk about uh, three freshmen that are on the team this year. One is Ortre Smith, wide receiver from Wando. 
Shy Smith from Union County, and Jam Williams. We had heard that Jam Williams might uh, get some time on offense, but it looks like he's working exclusively with the defense. Yeah, right now he's just a defensive guy. You know, he's actually ha- has taken some first-team reps. Um, you know, they've had some guys banged up in the defensive secondary. Uh, you know, nothing serious, just uh, sort of normal camp stuff. So, they, you know, he's taken some reps with the first team. He's certainly in that too deep in the secondary, so... So, you know, anytime a guy like that is young and, and he's going to have to play, you sort of want to bring him on as quickly as possible. So, you know, I think in the future he could see some offensive time. But right now his focus is sort of on defense. Um, you know, you mentioned Shy Smith or Trey Smith. I, I think Shy Smith, to me, has been the talk of camp so far uh, with the people I've talked to. Just say the guy is dynamic, he's electric. Um, you know, the players and coaches have sort of echoed that in their public statements as well. And then Ortrey Smith coming along, you know, he's a big-bodied guy, uh, can make plays. I, I thought that Brian McClendon said it perfectly. You want receivers who can make plays when they're covered. You know, I, I think that's something South Carolina actually, in the games they won last year, they did a very, very good job of that. You look at Missouri, how many how many passes in that game were caught where Bentley put the ball where only his receiver could make the play, and his receiver went up and, and made a play for him. So, I think that's something Ortre Smith gives you gives you with that just thickness and body type is, you know, he can go up and get the football even if he's covered. So, uh, you know, those are all guys that are going to play roles for South Carolina. Now, we always want to be smart about the expectations there, especially at receiver. You know, South Carolina's got guys that have experience that are ahead of those guys. Um, you know, I, I think Shy and uh, is probably going to battle with Randrikis Davis there in the slot to sort of be that third receiver when South Carolina uh, goes to three wide receiver sets. And then you have Ortrey Smith, who's going to be working on the outside, you know, like behind a guy like Brian Edwards and sort of battling out there. But uh, I think South Carolina's receiving core, that they've got some young guys that will play, but that does sort of, uh, sort of speak to their depth that they're building. I, I don't think they're quite there yet, but if those young guys can show they're absolutely ready, which – the early signs are very positive, then all of a sudden they, they've gone from a position group that was extremely, extremely, you know, thin going into last year, and they were just looking for guys who could make plays, period, looking for starters to really be in a, in a good place this year. Drake Davis returned to practice this week, Wes, and it looks like he's ready to go. So I'm wondering how often will these freshmen, uh, Shai Smith or Trey Smith, how often might they be on the field this year? You know, there's a lot of veterans – a lot of returning players in front of them on the depth chart. Yeah, you know, I I think though I think those two guys are too talented to probably stay off the field. I, mm-hmm. I think early on, early on, you sort of lean on the guys that have been there. But you know, even the thing about South Carolina is even the guys that have been there a little bit really haven't played. Uh, you know, it's not like they've played two or three years or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, they played last year and they've played in this scheme one year, but. You know, Drake Davis, he's been here a year longer than Shy Smith, but he's also been injured pretty much the entire time. And, you know, this is a kid that is very, very talented. The staff is very high on. Um, he's done a good job of staying engaged while he's been injured, but he's been injured for, for a while. So that, that obviously is going to lead to him being a bit rusty as well. So I think you have a nice little battle at that slot spot, uh, probably with those two guys being the primary contenders, but, then, uh, you know, to sort of segue to the other thing you're going to ask me about with the tight ends, if you're a receiver, 
you're you're at times battling with tight ends to get on the field as well because you know who who who's going to be on the field is partially going to be determined by that because you're either going to have to make a decision do I want to go like a three wide four wide type set um, or do I want to go two tight ends and get an extra tight end on the field as good and deep as South Carolina tight ends are. Wes, I heard you and Chris on the GCR podcast uh, last week, I believe it was, saying that the, the Gamecocks may run more two tight end sets this year. They've got Hayden Hurst back, all SEC preseason player. Casey Crosby, a solid player a year ago. And uh, Jacob August, another good player that you know not a lot of folks are talking about, but all three of these guys played last year. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, they, they, were, in, you know, they were in two tight ends uh, a ton last year. So I think if you're – I think that's the default. If you're the receivers, you have to find, you have to almost prove, hey, we, you know, we, we need to be on the field. We need a, a three wide set. I, I think so. You know, last year a lot of times it was, it was uh, obviously Debo Samuel and Brian Evers on the outside at receiver, and then obviously Hayden Hurst is going to be on the field at almost all times. And you had either Casey Crosby in the slot or you had Jacob August out there as well. So, you know, those guys are in the mix. But then you look at at the other guys at tight end, Kiel Pollard, who had a great spring, is a very talented kid. Evan Henson, who helped out the basketball team a little bit on that Final Four run, um, he's a freak athlete. Uh, you know, this is a guy nobody talks about, but is just an absolute monster of an athlete. Um, he's had some good moments in practice. And then you even have Kyle Markway, who I don't think is, uh, you know, a freak athlete, but all those guys have a skill set that you could use in specific situations, I think. Markway, uh, probably more of your blocking type. So, you know, maybe at times uh, in short yardage, you put Kyle Markway and, and Jacob August out there and, um, you know, sort of use their skill set specifically with what you need to happen on offense at that given time. I think Kill Pollard in some ways it's like a clone of KC Crosby. They have similar uh, skill sets. They have similar body types. Uh, you know, he, he's almost a direct backup, I, I think, for – it's kind of interesting as I'm thinking about it. He's kind of a direct backup for KC Crosby. Then you have Evan Henson, who is your yeah. sort of just a big athletic freak who can run. He's almost a direct backup to, uh, you know, to Hayden Hurst as far as their skill set goes. So – uh, you know that that is to me the easily the deepest position on the entire roster, and is the the position that South Carolina has inherited the best talent at as far as um, you know the new coaching staff. So that, that's a position I don't think you have to worry about at all um, this year or for the foreseeable future. So those uh, you know those receivers have their ha- have their work cut out for them if they're going to try to steal snaps from uh, from those second tight ends. Wes, before we wrap it up today, we know the Gamecocks will have a new place kicker and a new punter and a new long snapper here in 2017. So the kicking game appears to be a complete mystery at this point. Yeah, and I, you know what? I think that is a, uh, I think that's a question mark, and I think that's probably a concern until you see those guys actually go out and do it. Um, you know, Alexander Wozniak uh, is going to be re- the the likely place kicker. Will be replacing the all-time leader at that position, Elliot Fry. Uh, punter has been a little bit of a battle from what I've heard. Um, I think Joseph Charleston probably has the edge right now. Um, 
that's probably not who you would have expected. I think Michael Ahmed probably entered uh, camp as the leader in that position, so he he's in the mix there. But um, even Jacob August, who we were just talking about at tight end, um, he also was a punter at the high school and prep level, and he has actually been working in practice punting some. So, uh, so that position is a question mark. And then, you know, long snapper and then the short snapper on field goals, that's a position that literally nobody ever talks about um, until you have a bad snap. So I, I think those are all very much concerns, especially, let's be honest, this team's probably going to, again, be in a lot of close football games. So uh, when you're in those close games, you want to have – you want to have confidence in, in your kickers to, to go out and 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 execute. At, at the same time, um, you know, if it's fourth and one or fourth and two and you're just on the edge of field goal range, you want to have confidence that your offensive line can knock somebody back, you know, if you decide to go for it. So uh, they're, they're, that's going to lead, to me, that's going to lead to some interesting decisions for Will Muschamp. If it's fourth and two and you have the ball at the opponent's 30-yard line, it's a 47-yard field goal. Are you going for it, or are you trotting your, you know, trotting your new kicker out there? I, I think that's going to be a very, very intriguing to see what his mindset is earlier in the year on just situations like that. All right, Wes, we got the first scrimmage coming up on Saturday, and game week will be here before we know it. Absolutely, it'll be here before we know it. You know, I, I said uh, last week, I feel like you have sort of. Um, a few markers when it comes to the camp. Obviously, camp opening, first day of practice, that's a marker. Uh, pads go on, that's sort of a second dividing point. And then your first scrimmage, I think, is another dividing point. Uh, you know, not that positions aren't already being earned, but positions are truly earned and lost in these scrimmage situations. So this will be a big, big opportunity for all those guys. And, you know, you and Colin were talking about offensive line play. Uh, you know, this this is one of those spots are truly going to be taken, I think. And you look at that left tackle spot with Malik, Malik Young and Dennis Daly. Um, this will be a big weekend for those two guys. All right, looking forward to a scrimmage reports on GamecockCentral.com this week and plenty more Gamecock football coverage coming up as we move closer to the start of the 2017 football season. Wes, it'll be here soon, man. We're looking forward to getting it cranked up. Thanks for your time today. Sounds good, man. We'll do it again. All right, that's Wes Mitchell, and I'm Emerson Phillips, and this is Gamecock Central Radio. Thanks for joining us. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.